0: From churchmediadrop.com, this is In the Loop. Welcome to In The Loop, where we help you know what's going on in the world of church media, design, production, and with me today is Jason Watson. How's it going, Jason? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing great. Well, hey, we're going to get right into what's going on, and what's been going on for me is a lot of catching up on sleep because I didn't get a ton of it around Easter. So Easter is just behind us, uh, as many of you know, working in the church. And uh, for us, it was another uh, great year. You know, for most churches, it's a record-breaking year every year, hopefully, where you have huge crowds and all that sort of stuff, and and we saw that. Uh, for us, it was a, a different first year because this was our first Easter as a multi-site church. Um, so, we kind of done Christmas Eve as a multi site, but Easter was an even uh, more different uh, beast to handle as a multi site church. So, that was pretty interesting for us. Um, we did some cool stuff. We kind of went to uh, the veil being torn and based everything off that. And so, we actually built some like curtain veil stuff on our stages and actually had people, if they decided that, you know, I want to take a step closer to Jesus, or they wanted to, you know, recommit or follow Jesus for the first time, that they would actually get up and walk on stage while the band is playing What a Beautiful Name and walk through the veil and like make a physical declaration of that. And so that was like a really cool moment for us um to see like people just like pouring up on stage and this happening uh during worship and stuff. So it's a really really cool uh Sunday morning um Jason, uh, you're a part of a local church, you know, I know you're a a motion designer for people who don't know. And, and he actually helped do some motion graphics stuff that you guys might have used from, uh, Dan Stevers and shift worship partnering with those guys, but you're a part of, you know, a local church, not doing design work. And so what part of Easter did you play?
1: Um, this year, um, was kind of different because yeah, I didn't really do much on the design side for that church, but, um, I was able to be part of uh, some of the bands that played uh, Easter morning. And so that was uh, pretty fun. Also pretty um, challenging because they were this Easter, they actually uh, opened up a new building. Um, And so that was kind of a new thing to throw into the mix. And so we had to, you know, really quickly get on the stage, get stuff set up. And then right after we done move over to an older building to also play the same set over in that building then oh, so wow it was a pretty uh hectic morning that i think we sounds got there at, like it yeah got there at like seven in the morning and finished up around 12 30 but but it was good it was fun
0: so how many different service times did you have to play and switch between and stuff was it just one in each of those places or are you going back and forth or
1: i was just one in each location okay so total of two but it felt like more. You know? <laughs> I'm sure. So, what it's did you like, what did you end up playing? Well, usually I would say my preferred instrument, with at which I am the least inadequate, I would say, would be the <laughs> guitar. But uh, on this particular morning, I was playing the hammered string dulcimer and tin whistle, and so that was challenging in and of itself because um, dulcimer is not necessarily my uh, most proficient instrument but also you know they're still they were still you know tackling sound issues and you know getting the feel of the building and so right didn't, couldn't really hear myself a whole lot so gotcha playing most of the right notes but,
0: yeah. <laughs> let's just not listen back to easter's mix and find yeah, out exactly the answer. <laughs> Well, that's cool. Yeah, I'm sure uh, most people wouldn't say that they played or had a hammered dulcimer in their Easter setup. So that's pretty cool (laughs) that you got to you got to do that. Yeah, we
1: had a huge band. It was like 15, 15 people. It was crazy.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's It's so, <laughs> always so cool to have a ton of people in your band and, and making that yep. happen on those days. One thing that we did this Easter, um, so Igniter Media came out with a video, "He Rose," which was uh, basically the mannequin challenge in Easter form. Um, and so everybody's like frozen in time and the camera's panning, panning around all these scenes leading up to the crucifixion. And then the video uh, ends um, panning across Jesus' body in the tomb and then he like takes a breath and that's the first time you've seen motion happen um, from something in the video and you hear this breath. And so we actually like chopped that video up and had um, the video play and then we went to actually some footage from another Igniter video, Sounds of the Cross, which is all abstract uh, footage of... Uh, leading up again to the crucifixion and we put that behind Oh Praise the Name during the verses of that song where it talks and basically spells out the whole Easter story during Oh Praise the Name and then when it gets to the part where it says that on the third at break of dawn we like paused and the video played and he took a breath, the son of heaven rose again and like went into the rest of the song. And it was a super cool thing, like weaving that video into that song and like sharing the whole story visually, but also, um, through, you know, uh, through the song, Oh, praise the name. So for us, that was like a, a really cool thing that I worked hard on getting that done. So, we had, you know, multi-track video, um, so there's like six channels of audio in this video file, and it had all the lyrics synced in it and all of that kind of stuff, so that was good times that day. Well, let's uh, let's move on from Easter, and Jason, I know, you know, when you're creating videos and stuff like that, I'm sure you're always looking for audio files to use, um, soundtracks to use. And one of the best sites to go to is themusicbed.com. Well, the Music Bed uh, finally did something that a lot of us have been asking and hoping for, and they hooked up with Bethel Music and got Bethel's music on their site. And the reason this is such a big deal is Bethel puts out these albums called Without Words, and they're th- instrumental like really cool vibed music of uh, a lot of their songs and kind of remakes of some of their songs but without words and it's so tempting to want to take those and use them for a baptism video or for uh, a a bumper video or something like that but we've never been able to properly license them until now so now you can easily license those and um, if you look around on the site you can also uh, legally licensed versions with words. So if you wanted to use no longer slaves with vocals, you can find it on there as well as you can find without word or uh, uh no longer slaves without words. So um some great stuff on there. Jason, do you have any uh, favorite artists on the music bed? Besides, I'm sure this uh, Bethel stuff's exciting for you as it is for me, because there's just such a great catalog that they bring to the mix. But do you have any favorites on there?
1: Um, nothing that immediately comes to mind. Usually when I'm looking for tracks, it's, uh, um, kind of more focused on the, the mood and the feel, which I suppose sometimes you know kind of coalesces around certain artists, but um, off the top of my head, I can't really think of them. Um, but the Buffalo thing's really cool because I mean, they have really awesome music, and so I think that'll be a big boon for people in the church media creation world,
0: totally, totally. Yeah, so you can check that out, and again, all the links for everything that we talk about during the episode are always in the show notes at churchmediadrop.com. Just click on podcast, and you'll find everything there to check out. Okay, well, the next thing is uh, kind of a big deal coming from Facebook. Um, Jason, do you use anything when you're working with other people or even working on your own um, to kind of like project manage what you're working on and to get feedback on stuff? Or is it just a bunch of emails for you?
1: Um, I would say it's all of the above. Uh, (laughs) I used to, um, with some clients that I've worked with, um, we used to use Basecamp. Pretty significantly. Um, At the church I used to work at, we used another one that I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, I've also worked with other clients using something or using Asana, which I think is a really good app um, for that. Um, Right now, I've been using Slack quite a bit, and actually really kind of like the way that kind of mixes in the project management with kind of the chat feature and. For me, in the way that I worked, it kind of feels like that process works pretty well for me, at least. And so lately I'm using Slack quite a bit.
0: Yeah. And th- I think that's the biggest key to um, like project management stuff. A lot of people are like, oh, I got to use Basecamp because that's what everybody else is using. But it really comes down to like what's going to fit your workflow. And what's going to fit your environment and your workplace? There's the transition right there, workplace. So, workplace by Facebook just came out, and it is a you know a whole new product uh, product that they've launched. It's got individualized apps, and basically, what it looks like to me, and I you know I watched a video about it and kind of dug through what's going on here after I saw the announcement. And what it looks like is kind of a. Uh, a Facebook version of Slack. So it doesn't really look to me. I could never actually find in here where you could make a to-do list. Like I never saw that feature, but you can um, have groups of people and chat with them. You can do live streaming to you, uh, people in your team. Um, And you can like message everyone in your group to get feedback on stuff and they have bots in the uh, messaging area to help automate tasks, and they have integrations with like different tools like Dropbox and stuff like that that you would expect um, But for the most part, to me, it looks mostly like Slack where it's more about communication than it is project management. So when you looked at this, Jason, what did you, I mean, is that the vibe that you were getting from it? Did it look like something that you would ever entertain checking out or not really?
1: Yeah. When I first looked at it, I kind of got the same sense that it was a lot like Slack in a lot of ways. Um, one thing I do like about Slack and that, I guess this workplace also has is, you know, that ability to kind of keep it on the, uh, where you're almost just chatting and having stuff all in one place, but then you can also move over to the either calling or live video yep. um, connection, which I think is really helpful. The only thing about the Facebook thing, and I mean, I haven't used it, so I have no idea how it works or not, is uh, to me, it almost feels like it could be maybe perhaps a little more complex than I would actually want to work with. Um, that's one thing I've really liked about Slack is how kind of how minimalistic the interface is. And it doesn't really try to do more than at least I need it to do. I'm sure my needs are not what anybody else needs. But uh, so for me, that's the only thing that I kind of was wondering about. But I mean, until I can actually try it, I have no idea what it's going to be like. And so I'm just kind of shooting dark here. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, totally. Well, and I would agree that like, I think that's one of the pros of some of these other systems is that they choose one thing and they do it really well. Yeah. And Slack, you know, is all about communication And just, yeah, communication. And yeah, you can throw videos and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's just communication where this is like, you can do polls and you can have like private groups and you can have chat and you can have events and you can have all this other stuff. And I could see how like for a larger business or workplace, you could um, use it as kind of like your central team hub. Um, But the other thing I wonder too is like, how confusing because the interface is basically just a modified version of Facebook, mm-hmm. how much people will get confused as to whether or not are, am I on Facebook right now or am I on workplace <laughs> right now? And did I just post something to an event for workplace or an event for <laughs> Facebook yeah. and and how confusing that could get along on along the way. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, moving on, um, one thing that most churches use to organize things is Planning Center. And recently, uh, someone went viral with their cover of uh, Adele's, um, I think it's Adele's, right? Other, outside? Other side? I don't know. You'll recognize it in just a minute as I'm going to play it. But it's a song about uh, Planning Center and getting people to actually respond. Check this out. So, uh, it's hello. I don't know why I could not remember the title of that. If you haven't seen that whole video, it's, it's hilarious. And I don't, does this ever drive you crazy, Jason, when you're waiting for like a message from somebody and then you are on Facebook and you see them like communicating and talking on there. And it's like, Dude, if you have time to, like, share this stupid video or click like on some other post, why are you not responding to my Facebook message or my <laughs> Facebook whatever? Like, I just – it's just crazy to me sometimes. yeah uh, have you? Did yeah. you ever have to administer, uh, you know, Planning Center when you were at your last church?
1: Uh, thankfully, no. Um, but <laughs> I'm actually on the other. I would say I'm probably on the other side of that, being involved with bands, and I'm kind of one of the chronic offenders of not confirming oh, no. being uh, in the lineup. I know there's no. a lot of times. I know it's terrible. I I don't know why. For some reason, Planning Center is just one of those things that just never. I don't. I don't think about it until I'm like, oh shoot, I gotta learn what the chords are to the song or something like that, <laughs> and then I find out that the chords get changed. That's probably why, because the chords, always, the the keys always get changed when we get to practice anyway. So that's probably why I never your bothered leader
0: is not building trust in in you or the system. <laughs> because it's not doing what you're hoping it will do for you, which I can totally understand is a problem. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's unfortunate, but yeah. So, well, so I'm that guy. I don't, don't, don't be like, guy. don't be like Jason. Don't yes. be like Jason. Click, <laughs> click confirm every single time people click confirm. Okay. Well, uh, Google just announced something that will make it easier for everyone to make uh, random stuff. So, uh, Google just announced Quick Draw. Here you go, check this out.
2: Think about all the stuff you can do on your phone. You can get directions, translate stuff, make movies, you can check your pulse, start your car, see Earth from outer space, power a satellite. No, really, your phone has enough power to put a man on the moon. Now, use your phone to draw a moon. Exactly. Your phone can help you do anything fast, it just can't help you draw something simple fast. Think about it. If you're not a designer and you want to make a quick party flyer, where do you even go for that? You'd probably have to download some app or buy a design program. So a few of us at Google created Autodraw. It's a drawing tool for the rest of us. Autodraw pairs the magic of machine learning with drawings from talented artists to help you draw stuff fast. Say you want to make your friend a poster for her birthday. You'd go to the Autodraw site from your phone or computer, and you'd start doodling something that sort of looks like a cake. The Autodraw suggestion tool then guesses your doodle, and you pick a cake you like. And you can do this with all kinds of drawings. Flowers, dolphins, socks, furniture for a new living room layout, a bike for an event poster, a giraffe on a house in the sky for no good reason. You could make a coloring book. Okay, so that's, your aunt can sketch out her um, weird dream.
0: Google's new auto draw. Um, It's really interesting. Um, It's just basically, you know, looking at uh, what you're drawing on the screen, finding shapes that are similar to it, and then suggesting changes.
1: One thing that I think would be kind of an interesting application of this, you were talking about how you draw something and then it gives you suggestions, is kind of almost thinking of images as metadata for searching other things. Like, for example, a lot of times there's something I've designed or illustrated or something, you know, a long time ago that, you know, I kind of remember what it looks like, but I don't know what I called it. And so sometimes just a simple keyword search isn't going to help me as much as maybe if I could kind of give the computer an idea of what I'm actually visually looking for, and then it could find things based on that. I think that might be an interesting application that might come in the future from stuff like this that totally
0: become, yeah one well, and, and even uh to be able to do that sort of thing with um in web search but yeah uh, locally on your computer that would be yep. amazing to be able to like pull up finder or in windows a, a search bar and like yep. draw in that in that search area would be that's a sweet idea love that pitch that one to google <laughs>
1: I do like it for the online search, too. That'd be awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, especially if it could pull up more than vectors. So you could draw, you know, a horse and it would pull up free photos from Unsplash and a bunch of other places that have horses Mm -hmm. in it. You know, that'd be kind of cool. So, yeah. Very interesting stuff there. So auto draw. And the cool thing about auto draw is because it's built on new web technologies, it works on anything. So you can actually do it on your desktop browser. You don't have to be on your phone. However, it's easier to draw with your finger than it is your mouse for most people. So, um, Yeah, so that's an interesting new technology. Now, speaking of interesting new technologies, Snapchat, that just is continually getting ripped off by Facebook, all of their features (laughs) are being stolen on a daily basis, um, rolled out some new technology that is pretty impressive. So for the longest time, Snapchat um, had lenses where you could, you know, when it, it would auto detect your face and then you make your face do crazy stuff. So you're puking milk or it's making you turn into a unicorn or whatever. Well, now they have new world lenses, which allow you basically to take a um, emo- like animated emojis or objects and place them in the physical world around your camera lens or around objects in a scene. So you could say, I'm going to take this weird, crazy, like uh uh, hyperactive rabbit. That's like jumping around. I'm going to place that on the ground and I can actually like move my phone camera around and have somebody walk up next to it. And that, that rabbit looks like it's in the real world next to the person that's in the shot. And I mean, Jason, you know, this, this is like advanced camera tracking is what's going on in here mm-hmm. that it's figuring out the geometry of what's inside. Um, it's got some helpers because there's a, uh, you know, acceler- or acceler- no, the gyroscopes inside the camera help it know what's level and all of that kind of stuff. But there's still some beefy processing going on to make this, you know, like fun little cute idea happen in mm-hmm. Snapchat. And I just think, I think it's so impressive.
1: Yeah. I mean, thinking even about something like that five years ago would be, you know, not not even, you wouldn't even thought about it because especially on a phone, but yeah, (laughs) now it's kind of like, oh yeah, it's Snapchat. That's, that's kind of what it does. This is. This is how things are now.
2: (laughs) Right.
0: Well, and the thing, I don't know if you get depressed at all by this, Jason, when you see, like, even what Snapchat was doing with, like, facial lenses and stuff, but now with these world lenses, I kind of get depressed uh, when I, like, jump inside Premiere or After Effects, and I'm like, okay, I want to do some like basic camera tracking real quick, and it doesn't work very well, and it yeah. takes a lot of time. And I'm like, I can freaking grab my phone and pull up Snapchat <laughs> and do this in real time, and Adobe, your software feels like it's lacking way
1: behind. Yeah. Um, I'd imagine that's the kind of stuff that you're going to be seeing coming out from Adobe and other creative. Uh, you know, application creators here in the next few years, just because the push towards the AR and the VR is going to, is, you know, becoming more and more prevalent. And so being able to support that and, you know, do it with that sort of almost seamless uh, kind of carryover from what you're doing on your phone to what you're doing on your computer, I think is hopefully something that'll be coming around the pike.
0: Well, last and not least, uh, we talked about this on the last episode and the launch day is coming up for Nucleus, um, the new central hub for churches um, from ProChurchTools.com and Brady um, there. And so uh, this looks to be a really amazing new tool that I think a lot of churches are going to want to check out. The reason I'm talking about it again is because if you're listening to this On Monday or Tuesday, there is a sale for the first 49 hours that you can get your lock in $49 a month for life. And then the price only goes up from there. And that $49 a month price will be all features forever. There will never be anything premium and all of that kind of stuff because they are uh, planning on adding some things that are premium features. So um, this helps you lock it in. The other thing, and I don't ask for this very often, is if you want to help support um, this podcast, or mostly if you want to help support churchmediadrop.com and our bandwidth bills and, and stuff that goes into the maintenance of the site, um, if you uh, make sure you click on the link uh, to buy and sign up for Nucleus on our website, um, that's an affiliate link that will really help us out. Um, so make sure you check that out. Jason, is there anything that you know that's going on in the world of church media, production, design, all that kind of stuff that's got you fired up lately that you'd like to talk about?
1: Uh, This isn't church design specific, but um, Adobe just released some updated versions of uh, Premiere, After Effects, Media Encoder, and Audition. And so um, that's pretty exciting. One of the uh, headline features for Premiere is that they've uh, legacied the title uh, tool, and they have now a new kind of text tool that works a lot more like something you'd use in Photoshop or After Effects. And so it makes uh, looks to make titling a whole lot easier.
0: Finally, uh-
1: Yes, I know. Finally,
0: Finally <laughs> I hate that thing. And anytime oh, it's, it's... every once in a while I have to do titles or whatever and I end up just making After Effects exactly. uh, dynamic link compositions just <laughs> and part and most of the reason I do it is because the type never looks very crisp or like quality for whatever yeah. reason. I feel like I can never get it to look as nice as what I make when I just type in text into After
1: Effects. Well, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, and also um, on kind of uh, in the same vein, they now have uh, so um, in motion or motion in Final Cut Pro X and Motion, they had that kind of rigging system that went back and forth where you could make the the templates in Motion and then you could uh, change the parameters in uh, Final Cut. Okay. And I guess and Premiere and After Effects kind of sort of have that where you can do that with text, but now you can do it with a whole lot more parameters because you can make these templates. Either for use in other After Effects projects or to dynamically link into Premiere, where you can uh, modify a whole bunch more parameters. They have this new thing called the um, uh, the Elements uh, or the the Essential Graphics panel, which now gives you. It's almost like a little inspector window that you can you know assign. Like, say, I want to change the text color. I want to change the color of this box, That's you know, all that kind of stuff. It integrates with the library, so you can share it, you know, all over like you can with the libraries that they are now. So looks really, really cool. And so I'm pretty excited about that.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they have some new tools for character animator to do walk cycles and stuff like that. And oh, yeah. Make some of that rigging stuff better. Yep. Which that's pretty rad.
1: And also on that essential sound panel that was in uh, uh, Audition where you could kind of say, I want this, I need you to change this uh, sound to be, you know, like it's a a voiceover or for background music, all that kind of stuff. Yep, That's now integrated directly into Premiere. So you can do that inside of Premiere. So less
0: less work flowing out of Premiere and more staying in there for like common tasks stuff that they're trying to help there with
1: so it looks okay. really cool. I've actually been pretty impressed with Adobe, um, both in the kind of things that they're making, but also how they really seem to be making the things that they're making for the audience that's using it. And so it really feels like, to me at least, that they're listening to what their audience and customer base wants. And they're kind of uh, you know making a lot of the day in and day out grind tasks, you know, a lot more automated where it needs to be, but also giving you the flexibility to have more control where you need it. And so I think they're finding a nice balance there. And so I've been pretty happy with them lately.
0: Yeah, no. And I think it's such a great value. And if you work at a church, um, you should be able to find nonprofit discounts for Mm -hmm. the Creative Cloud um, anywhere from instead of $50 a month, most of the time it's between $25 and $35 a month is what the nonprofit, uh, pricing goes for that. So, um, make sure you check that out. There's yeah, tons of great stuff there. So, well, Jason, thanks so much for being with us today as we roll through what's new and what's going on in the world of church media You know, at the beginning of the podcast, uh, we listened to a new track from uh, Stu G from Delirious. You know, uh, back in the day, Delirious was the only thing in modern worship that was happening. Well, Stu G was the guitarist for that band. He's a producer, and uh, he just came out with a new album, uh, Beatitudes, and uh, had a track with Propaganda. Um, that we were listening to at the top called "Make a Little Trouble," but this album has tons of uh, tons of artists on it, including uh, you know Amy Cook, John Mark McMillian, and then like old school people like uh, Michael W. Smith, Martin Smith, Amy Grant. Uh, you know is on here, so it's kind of a, a wild variety of people, along with the brilliance Hillsong United, Matt Maher. So. A really interesting album to check out. Um, But we're going to leave you with a new song as we leave uh, called Brave Surrender by Kim Walker-Smith off her latest album, On My Side. Jason, where can people find more of what you do?
1: Um, You can always visit my blog, or sorry, my website, which is deviantmonk.com. I post new stuff that I've created there uh, from time to time. And otherwise, um, some of the content creators I've done some stuff for. Um, like I said, I did some things for Dan Stevers here recently and also for Shift Worship. So uh, check those out.
0: Awesome. Well, and you can always check out all the free media on uh, churchmediadrop.com. Just to throw a little fact at you, we uh, had over 10,000 churches get their Easter media from churchmediadrop.com, and that does not include like motion backgrounds and stuff that people would download multiple times. This was just strictly Easter series art was downloaded over 10,000 times uh, leading up to this Easter season, so um, the website is is, uh, for me, a success. It is helping churches around the world um, with media. So make sure you guys check that out. There's tons of great resources on there. So uh, check that all out at churchmediadrop.com and that's where you can find the show notes. We'll see you guys next week.
2: You tell my It's time to let go
1: I can't be free In the bindings of this world